Excellent. Hey everyone, um, welcome to Nerdy People Up. Damn it. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> yeah. No, leave it in. Leave it in. It shows uh, your humanity. I I have plenty of humanity. What I've no, had no, is like is people. I've had more and more people asking, "Bring back the BDSM jokes," and I had one, and it was it's bad. <sighs> anyway, people, mm. welcome to Better Homes and Dungeons. Eh, got it right that time. This week, music in the bedroom. Why tie my kangaroo down? Sport is actually a lot more disturbing than we think it is. Yeah. I don't, I don't know half the words that you just said. Okay. <laughs> there is an Australian song called okay. Tie My Kangaroo Down Sport. And it's like endless verses of just like, you know, tie my kangaroo down, tie my kangaroo down. Um, and and it, it goes into, it's just like stupid rhyming. Okay. It's like if anyone's read the King Killer Chronicles recently, like I have, it's like Tinker right. Tanner. It's like you could always just right. make up more verses. Right. Uh, what, what's one? Um, so something it, about it's, chucking it's, something on it's the shed. It's a two-part rhyme and then you switch to the chorus and then you go back to the two-part rhyme. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, nice. do something with my shed, Fred. Do my something with my shed. You know, it's it's that kind of it's it's silly. Yeah. But I always so that sounds a lot like blow the old man down or something, right? That sounds pretty similar. Yeah, something something like that, or you know, hole in my bucket. Oh right. Yeah, similar to that. Actually, I I actually love that song. It's great because it's uh, cyclical, and it really describes my life well. Uh, because the the guy in the song is like, I've got this problem and every single recommendation to me of what I can do about this problem is, uh, problematic in and of itself. Uh, and that leads to another problem, which eventually leads back to my original problem. Like the only solution is the problem that I'm trying to fix. So I was like, he's got a hole in his bucket. So you want to fix it. How do you fix it? Well, you know, you need to use some straw. Well, how do you get some straw? Well, you need a knife. Well, if you don't have a knife, you need a stone. Well, I have a stone, but how am I going to wet the stone? I was like, well, get a bucket of water. I was like, I have a hole in my bucket. That's why I can't get the water. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, is, this is making me now think of um, how helpful that, and kind of ironic, I guess, the fact that the, the, the female character in that song was Liza, and I'm thinking, it's about as helpful as that chatbot program, Eliza, that was supposed to try and help you. And all it did was just ask you, why do you think that? How do you think? It's like, no, that's not helping. I need, I need some advice here. Yeah. Anyways. Absolutely. So um, th- this is part of an ongoing series into how to game with kids and keep them engaged. Um, last week, if you haven't listened, please go back. It was discussing role play in the context of the classroom and how to keep kids engaged is like an educational uh, experience. Um, sure. Beebs, for people who haven't gone and listened to like the first episode of this, go do that first. It'll be great. Um, you're the lead design writer, creative maniac behind Power Outage. Thank you. Yes, I guess I am. Excellent. Uh, um, now, Power Outage... As you explained in that episode, but quick recap, it came around because there was a power outage and you just made a game to play with your girls. Is that correct? Yeah, I think I think the first time we actually played it was during a power outage, which kind of uh, shaped it. 
I was creating the game a little bit prior to it because my kids kept stealing my dice. Uh, and I had to like come up with like a solution to like get them back. So uh, I was like, all right, I'll set up a game with it. And I, I kind of like played around it with it in my head for a while, but it wasn't until that power outage that like, all right, got to well, sit down and let's take this, take a crack at this. Yeah. Uh, can I just say, never let like your dice be somewhere where your children can reach. Rule Josh is breaking oh. right now. <laughs> nice. They've never really had a uh, any like issues with like swallowing things or putting things in their mouth fortunately it was hard enough getting them to eat regular food let alone jamming random objects in their mouth so that was always good uh but yeah they definitely stole my dice pretty regularly and then oh sorry i was gonna say my four-year-old is an amazing little sneak thief he's he's just a hobbit rogue in, in a small human body which i guess is what a hobbit rogue is and he'll just nick things and his sleight of hand rolls are off the charts. Like, he'll just walk past the table and not even look at what he's stealing, but he'll just, like, just swim. It also doesn't help that they're almost always barefoot, so that... Yeah. He's just yeah. this just this tiny, stealthy force of nature. Yeah. Except yeah. when he's uh, running and yelling and then punching people in the bum. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. Similar situation with my uh, little dictator. He uh, he uh, he definitely has a tendency to uh, steal things. He, the kid will just outright lie to your face. Like you you'll be like catching him in the act, and he'll be like, "No, it's, like it was like is that wasn't me song? Like he's like yeah, caught me on the camera. It wasn't me. It's like yeah, yeah I'm looking at you right now. It wasn't me. <laughs> he, my my, my four year old thing is like you'll you'll tell him, "Hey, you can't do that," and he'll say, "No, I'm allowed to." And it's like, but I'm telling you, you're not. And it's just making me think. You know, when you're a childcare kid, I can now reconstruct. I can reverse engineer the arguments you're having with, with your teachers there now. Yeah. I get, uh, my kid will always say things like, like, I was like, Adam, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. He's like, no, I won't. He's like, you don't know. How do you know? <laughs> yeah, mine, you mine does the same thing. Yeah. Just, like, what, are, what are you doing, child? You, you're going to hurt yourself. No, I won't. Yeah. Yes, you are. Like, you don't have no, control of that. Clunk. Ah! Yeah. Hmm. Yep. But you can't Doesn't do learn. that. Yeah, you you can't do that yeah. for too long. You just got to give them a cuddle and say, okay. Um, so, Beebs, I am, I am currently playing a tabletop RPG with um, my my nine year old and some of his friends from school, and this is we, we do it over Skype and we do it over Roll Twenty because that's, it's my way of trying to keep him sane by giving him some socialization. Wonderful. Which because he's sane will make me sane. Now. I have concerns when playing with them, like, you know, I don't want to use words like murder or kill when playing with nine-year-olds, because I think that's a bit much. Right. Um, uh, so, I definitely went away from that route in Power Outage. Uh, I, there is no death in Power Outage. Uh, and when you consider the idea of eliminating like the biggest repercussion a person can have it really kind of opens your gameplay up to be as creative as you need it to be without worrying about uh the like you could still have consequences 
but um, those consequences don't um, tie directly to the like the actual fate of the child themselves, which is mm-hmm. somewhat uh, uh, uplifting. You know, you can like like my like when my kid first started playing, she uh, was ice princess, and she made this. Uh, uh, she had this uh, power, like like you know, she had ice powers, and she also was a ninja, like for whatever reason, she was like an ice princess, had ice powers, also happened to be a ninja, uh, and like in the she, first she's encounter, just like the Princess Peach version of Sub Zero. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and in the first like engagement, she decides to like make the villains like cold beverages, like frosty beverages with her ice powers. I'm like, that's cool. That's not something because you don't have to worry about death. You don't have to worry about the consequences of, uh, of, of what your actions are. And then you can almost expand that imaginary spectrum to whatever they want to actually achieve within an engagement. And that's why it opens up the door for ways of solving problems without brutally murdering the person that you're trying to do it opens up dialogue with villains yeah. you know uh it cuts down murder hoboing you know um murder tourism i've also heard it referred to as oh, which i kind of like that like turn of phrase I for do. It there's a negative there's a negative connotation to hobo to an extent so yeah i, I definitely like that um but yeah so i i, I changed um I changed it so there is no death. In fact, instead, when you reach your zero score, um, you are yielding. So instead of health points, it's yield points. Now, that means that at, when you reach that point, you're backing out of an engagement. You are retreating from an engagement. You're exhausted. It opens the doors for whatever you want zero to represent. And now zero can be whatever you want to be per engagement. Um, it just means that this is a point in which within this physical conflict you're not going any further Mm. right uh and then but then likewise when you do stuff like that then you got to consider what you're what you're referring to when you're referring to other things so you could still technically do damage with your punches and your kicks and stuff like that but then you start considering goes, well, when I say that, am I saying I'm doing damage? Am I saying I'm, or am I, am I actually doing damage or am I reducing the person's desire to fight for, continue fighting? Or am I reducing their will to do so? Um, so then like when I talk about healing, I change the verbiage to, uh, to encourage, you know, mm. so that now, now you're encouraging your friends. Now that becomes yeah, another form of role play. So I can say that I can encourage my friends, but if you want to heal your friends or encourage your friends, that doesn't just come with saying that I'm going to use a power. Now you actually have to discuss the idea of how are you encouraging your friend? What is your friend saying to you? What is your friend doing for you? That creates for, um, like it's a role, you know, role model for uh, building empathy. And I think word substitution as simplistic as a uh, mechanic for change as it is is absolutely functional uh, at this stage Um, I had a friend who uh, had a kid 
that wouldn't eat until he started referring to everything as different kinds of ice cream. So I was like, oh, like that's not mashed potatoes, it's potato ice cream. You know, so these kids would eat that okay. because it's potato ice cream, you know. Uh, in education, um, you could take the same structure of, uh, you know, tests, quizzes, homework, classwork. Hmm. Uh, and you could flip that around. So now instead of doing that, I'm doing quests. I'm doing epic quests. I'm doing journeys. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing voyages or whatever that you want to call it. And when you change that verbiage, when you change your percentage to experience points. Now what you're doing is you're you're telling kids, okay, I'm like when, when you're talking about percentages, you're starting off with a hundred percent, and all you're doing it's a it's a war of attrition at that point. You're just trying to keep your your that hundred. You know, you're all you're doing from from the point that you start that 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 the school year, you're losing. You're slowly, incrementally losing that hundred. Same mechanics, same values, same everything. You flip that and you call it experience. Now, as you do an assignment, you're gaining experience. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, it's not how much am I failing at this thing, it's how much of this I am achieving. And when you do that, when you restructure the verbiage, it... Um, it enlivens the kids and it it it, it, it follows the reason that kids play games because kids don't play games with the intent of slowly losing they play games with the intent of slowly building up something mm -hmm. um so so yeah i mean when it comes to violence just flip the script no it's that is good like that that, that was kind of the direction i was going to go where i was going to say how do you you know my, my children have Netflix and we've got to be very careful. Like, you know, the nine-year-old will want to watch, you know, Teen Titans Go or Voltron or, you know, The Dragon Prince. And it's like, look, that's great, but you can't watch that when the four-year-olds are... Because there are three... There are three other... There are three people in this house other than him. Now, if you had to pick which three of us are going to be his target for randomized acts of violence... It's probably not going to be me and mum. Well, actually, yeah. no. Mum's sacrosanct. She's definitely not going to get attacked. He knows that much. Yeah. No, that's... You've got a 50% chance of getting punched in the bum. That's a possibility. Yeah. yeah. I have possibility. Yeah. So it's, it is one of those things where I think the, the content is quite important. I think I'll take something away. But um, I think the other big question I've got, like, playing with kids, like, how do you kind of get them to start considering, like, you mentioned before your daughter came up with a non-conflict tactic. Yeah. In um, the Lost Mine of Fandel uh, Fandelva, um, there is the, like, in the caves, the Cragmore hideout, the second encounter is three wolves that are chained up. Now, I've got two groups that I'm running with this, running this with. One is the nine-year-olds, one is some adults I know from church. Now, if you want to know which one's more bloodthirsty and treacherous, they're both about the same. If you want to know which group wanted to get, you know, the peaceful thing with the dogs, it was also, again, about the same, but with the kids it felt like more work, saying, hey, try something different, 
Whereas with the adults, it was kind of like, okay, okay, look, dude, I understand. Okay, you named your half-orc character, you gave him the family name Hellscream. I've played World of Warcraft 2, it's okay. But, you know, that doesn't mean you can just instantly tame three wolves and now you've got three wolves as your bodyguards. It, it needs a bit more work than that. You could do it over time. But, yes. but how do you guys, I guess, get kids to really start engaging with, like, here's my non-confrontational approach, here's my creative approach? So you look at a show, you watch it, you know, you, you watch a show, you watch a movie, you read a book. Um, you, do you like the action drama? You know, do you like the action genre of film and such in general? Uh, uh, most of the time, yes. Like I've seen... Okay. Uh, I think I've seen all the Marvel movies now, and you know they're all they're all pretty good. Okay, how much? There's a lot of it that's fighting, right? Yes. Although the 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 thing that I'm watching most now at the moment is the Blacklist. That's my Netflix mm -hmm. and calisthenics. Um, okay. Like so, go to at the moment. I haven't seen the Blacklist, um, but what I'm getting to is in these action movies, in these action events, in these times in which things are occurring that are these adrenaline-fueled adrenaline activities. Mm. Fighting isn't the only thing that is action. You have chase scenes. You have people getting rescued out of buildings that are collapsing. You have leaps from one place to another. You have, exp you, know, like, you have all these different things that are happening um, that are action-oriented, that make you feel like you're doing something. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're attacking somebody. Hmm. You also have James when, Spader in a hat growling at people intellectually, which is, which is great. Um, I think it's great. <laughs> but it, it, like that's the thing when we when we talk about action in role playing games, we almost are always referring to fights. It's always combat. Uh, so one thing I did in Power Outage, again, I keep on referring to it. So, I mean, that's what I do. Well, uh, I, I, I hope so because people should go buy it. I appreciate that. Um, but one thing I do is, um, so combat, so there's four um, components to any adventure that I I've kind of, I always, I'm a big fan of compartmentalizing things. It's kind of how my mind works. And, uh, and so... Adventures, I uh, break into four different types of components, and I call them CAPE, right? Combat, alternative, puzzle, and exploration. And when I look at that, I can see them as being equal components to any real adventure. Parts of an adventure is the, that exploration, and that exploration includes you know, the dialogue, the communication, as well as the search. Part of that involves problem solving, troubleshooting, you know, Indiana Jones reach, trying to figure out how to take that that um, statue off the uh, the uh, off the pedestal, you know, um, and then the action to that isn't him fighting a bunch of people. It's there you go, it's him running from that boulder, dodging those uh, darts, you know, doing all that stuff. Everything that led up to that point that was slow and calculated and methodical was reversed and it was action oriented. Mm. Um, and in for that entire scene, see, for people who couldn't see what just happened there, Josh got down his black leather cowboy hat. Right, he's uh, full on uh, indie going on. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, like that's the thing. Like, um, so yeah, there's, and then and then with um, combat and alternative, those are two sides of a different coin. So taking your example, you have three dogs that are chained up, or three wolves that are chained up. Wolves. Yeah. Um, now, one option is, of course, I'm going to be fighting these wolves, right? Because that's what RPGs often do. Um, now you you have the potential within um, power outage uh, to also use your impact, your social impact, to kind of uh, de-escalate situations. Uh, so maybe you're trying to do your, you know, kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Don't really get the cowboy yeah. hat again. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't uh, have the ring of like crocodile teeth, so which I wish right. it did. But it, you know, you're you're trying to do what you can to calm the situation. But then there's other things that you could possibly do with that scenario. I mean, you have three dogs. Maybe, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been chased by a dog. I have. Yes. It's not fun, but it's it's an adventure. Um, and and describing the situations that kids will have to go through as they're escaping from that, you know, from those from that one dog that gets loose, you know, from like, maybe you're trying to figure out how to disarm these four dogs. Maybe you're trying to figure out how to pacify these three dogs, but then maybe that third dog gets loose. Now you, all that methodical buildup that you've had up until that point is gone. Mm. So you've, you've, you've experienced all these traps all the way up to this room. And you've been able to avoid them and dodge them and whatever the case may be. And now you reach this room with these three wolves and you're able to pacify two of them and you're about to pacify that third one. And then all of a sudden that chain snaps, right? Hmm. Now you're going, now, now your only option is retreat, but your retreat has to go through all that you just did, right? So like that's, that's an alternative. That's an, op, an alternative to combat that is still uh engaging exhilarating and unfortunately also difficult right it's difficult to plan these kinds of things so it's it's a trade-off combat is easy and that's why a lot of, that's why it exists so much in role-playing games because it's easy i i have a guy he does these things he has these numbers you hit him until eventually those numbers disappear that's it you know coming up with a narrative that explains why those dogs aren't able to attack you. That's the trick. Hmm. Uh, I think also with kids, like I've one one thing I found is a. I wish there was a way in Roll Twenty that you can disable the draw tools for the not Dungeon Master because they love drawing on the map. Um, but I've noticed also like with with the nine year olds I'm playing with, and this could be a because we're not playing in in person, we're playing across screens because you know distancing um i found that after about an hour or about 45 minutes they start getting restless right and they start just like playing with the things um now you've got a really really cool set of accessibility chapters and power outage like when you run stuff for your kids is it different in person as it is online do you do a lot of online <gasps> Pardon me. Sorry. Very human. No worries. Um, do you do a lot of online stuff with kids? Like, do you find that distance in gaming is much of a hassle? And how do you manage it? 
So distance in gaming can can be a challenge. Um, it can be a challenge, but it can be an opportunity to explore the use of technology in unique ways that exist outside of um, outside of what you would have normally done if you would have had these kids sitting at a table. Like mm-hmm. on, if you are at a table, you're not going to have a, you're not going to want the kid necessarily pulling up a laptop and searching something, right? Because no, you're you're here, you're present, you want them to be present, and that's fine. And that's why when you do things like manipulatives for them to to have in their hand and to keep engaged, um, you these are all like physical objects that they're working with, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But if you're distance communicating and distance learning, you can actually use the resources of the internet. Maybe they discover something uh, that is written in a language that they'd have to decode using uh, some online resource. You know, maybe it's uh, you know some that hieroglyphic. Is, that is a cool idea. I might because yeah. I'm getting into running more games online. I might you know throw that in there as just something for the kids to work on. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a, if you're doing a, let's say you're doing a, a sci-fi setting, right? Mm. Uh, there's things like Tinkercad, uh, which allows you to build circuits, digital circuits, right? So you can create a a uh, example of an old, like you can send them a picture of an old-looking circuit that was installed in this ancient temple. And now they can jump into Tinkercad and they can play around with dragging objects that look very similar to the, the old-timey kind of replicants of what you, you they had onto the screen. And they're like now turning on this circuit so that it turns, like in Tinkercad, it might just turn on a light. But mm-hmm. in your, your fantasy world, it's opening a, a door, opening a corridor, engaging you know the 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 vacuum seals so that they could start to breathe again or something along those lines you know that'd be Um, that'd be very cool like i I can see with power outage especially given the target audience having a couple of those like online exercises um that would be really really cool yeah i mean that's that's the thing like uh engagements that can be exhilarating don't necessarily have to be combat they can be alternatives to combat and a lot of times it could be uh, either timed or uh, round-based, uh, you know, like things that come, you know, you have a certain amount of time to do this. You have to discover how to crack this code. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, uh, you know, this, uh, you, you find this image and it's a QR code, you know, but then this image then sends you to a website and then there's a riddle on the website and things like that. And it's like a Google, a Google form that has, a, you know, like, there's so many, like when you're doing distance learning, you take advantage of the fact that you are in a digital world. Um, when you are uh, at a table, you take advantage of the fact that you are, there with them and you are able to give them objects give them things have them you know work with their hands yeah um well um well one of the people i spoke to recently um fellow by the name of uh devon and he runs a, a twitch thing called total party chill 
um, D&D thing, and he had a game where someone had to pick a lock in-game, and he handed them the lock. Very cool. Yeah. It's like, he's like, you got two minutes to pick this. And it was one of those cool, like, you know, see-through training lock things, but mm-hmm. it's still, I mean, that's still very, very cool. You're, uh, you have a small science project, like a potato clock or something silly like mm. that, right? Um, part of your adventure becomes a scavenger hunt. Um, you are telling them that they have to find these objects inside of this, you know, world that you're creating, that this is the world that you're describing, mm. but they are also looking around their house now for these objects that they have to bring back to you. You know, go to the, you know, go to the factory, find me, you know, like they'll, they'll go to the factory cafeteria, find me a potato, bring that back to me, go to this, uh, you know, you know, you know, go to, go to the factory floor, find me this wire that they might have. Maybe, maybe they might have some tin foil or something like that. Now it's a scavenger hunt, right? Now they're bringing all these components back to you and now you're like, okay, this is how you're crafting it. You know, you have quickly, you have a certain amount of time to get this thing done. Uh, everything Though the cool thing about kids and gaming is um, that you can use it as an opportunity. I know you probably discussed it already, but you could use almost every single activity as an opportunity to educate. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just STEM or STEAM related stuff. It's everywhere. It's 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 language. It's history. It's um, you know. Uh, I mean, if you want to do local history in Australia, I mean, I got, you guys have like a wealth, like you guys, you know, you know dawn of time levels of uh, history built yeah. into the, the very, you know, you know, bedstone that you guys have, you know what I mean? Um, Oldest continuous human language and culture. Yes. I mean, that's amazing. It is. It is. It's one of those things that like, I think we forget about from time to time. And then we remember it. It's like, oh my God, that is actually amazing. So imagine, like, building that into your game so that your kids are learning about your culture while you're also, you know, engaging in all of these activities. And then the next time they see something, the next time they see that marking on a stone, that marking, you know, that, that piece of art that has a specific quality to it that uh, rings true to, you know, like, Aboriginal art and stuff like that, then it's like, I know why they did that. I know why they chose to do that. I know what that stroke means. I know, you know, that that's that's fantastic. You know, you're 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 tying kids to culture through gaming. I mean, why not? Yeah, I I can't think of a good reason. Like, I mean, I I think the whole thing with like trying to get kids to learn while playing a game or play a game while learning, like I think it's it's I, there are so many examples in the wild of like animals that use play to simulate something that they actually need to learn how to do. Like, you know, they use play to simulate hunting and fighting. It's like, look, you need to know how to do that or you are dead. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with, with my nine-year-old, we're doing a thing called Project Stardew where he and I have built a garden bed out the back and... You know, he had to tell me how many bags of mushroom compost I had to buy based on the capacity of the bed. And he got it too. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, nailed it. It was great. But also now his job is to keep a diary of like, okay, here's what I planted. Here's what I'm expecting to see sprouts. Here's my, you know, progress. Here's what I'm going to see. This is what I expect. And you're human. 
your real life Stardew Valley. Exactly. That's why it's called Project Stardew. Because the other thing is he broke the rules regarding the laptop. Therefore, he this is this is how yes. he gets his fix every morning. He goes out and he waters his garden. That's brilliant. Um, I love that. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, like, and then from like a uh, a from a learning aspect. The language. You just said that it's like the longest standing language in... The right. longest um, continuously spoken human language. As, as far as I know, please don't at me. In fact, you know what? If That's... I'm wrong, go for it. At me. Uh, and did that happen because it is a string of unconnected uninteresting events or tallies that occur over the span of history i'm going to guess no yeah i mean part of me also assumes the fact that it lasted so long is because you know it was only just over 200 years ago that the british got here okay fair (laughs) fair point fair point um but i i feel like a big part of the reason things last is because they have a story that speaks to them. Mm. Um, And I think when we talk about education and we talk about ways that teachers try to engage kids, I see that they completely lose the story. So if your kid has... Like, what's the worst part of math, right? Like, the All language problems. Well, yeah. Okay, but, the, the, second they, they, the second they put letters... Like, I was good when there were numbers. I could do most of that. The second they started bringing in letters, and, like, not just right. letters, but, like, wait a second, that letter's not even in our alphabet. It's like, uh, and, yeah, Josh You know what? That's, that's the thing. So it gets... The reason math gets worse is because you go from these abstract concepts which is fine whatever it is what it is it's rote memorization often it's understanding how to do a specific thing that's okay but then you get these word problems i I don't know how often you get them in australia but in america they're like the bane of early adolescent experience because now you're like you know susie has to pack 20, you know, dingle hoppers into 40 bags. And she has, you know, she only has how many can she, you know, how many more must she purchase? How many, if she only has eight bags, how many will she fill? How many will she have left over? And at the end of the day, the kids are like, I don't give a, am I allowed to curse on this? Yeah. Okay. I don't give a shit. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care why, I don't know who Susie is. I don't care why she's filling these bags. I don't care what these... These numbers, this story means nothing to me, right? And when you talk about games, it's the opposite. It's mm. it's Ash has to catch them all, and I have to get all these Pokemon, and I'm going on this journey from one point to another to another, and I'm facing against these challenges, you know? When I'm talking about, like, you know, Super Mario, I'm talking about, you know saving this princess and then all these you know you know one time i'm fighting bowser the next time bowser's on my side i'm doing all this stuff but 
kids are remembering those stories. The mm. kids are remembering every single Pokemon stat. They're remembering all these details. And as time goes on, and as you get even worse with mathematics, they replace Susie with a letter. So it becomes even more abstract. It becomes, yeah. I, I no longer need this, I don't no longer even need to suggest a story. I no longer even need to suggest a thing. I'm just going to substitute this name with a letter. Hmm. And then kids have an intense drop-off. But you put those same kids in a situation where they have to figure out how to get through something in a story using mathematics to figure hmm. it out, they will sit there and they will try to work it out. I, They'll try to figure out how to get I, I, I read an article. It was written about a um, like this research fellow. I Sorry, my wife's just come in and she's wondering why I have pillows on the desk and I need to explain to her it's how I baffle the microphone so it doesn't like turn all echoey and horrible. And now it's she's pillow talk. Look that says, I love you, Josh, but I, I don't always understand why. You're, you're, you're engaging in pillow talk with men on the internet. Come on. No, they, they can't see you, my dear. It's okay. Did she at least hear my pillow talk? No, pun? she didn't. She didn't. Oh. And I'll, I'll tell her what you said. Yes. Um, he made a silly joke. It's okay. Um, okay, yeah. This research fellow was chatting to a um a bunch of teenagers playing World of Warcraft, and she was saying to them, "Look, you're actually doing really high function math when you do this particular raid boss." And they're like, "No, we're not. Like, we just know that you've got to activate this at this time because you've got to balance these factors." And she's like, "Put that on a spreadsheet, and all you've done is math." Yeah. And they're like, yeah. nah, it's not math. And it's like, and she's like, yes, it is. Yeah, and, and, and like, that's I'm just the thing. Close the door. Oh, okay, sure. Okay, sorry, we're gone. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. Um, there's a reason that kids are attracted to games, and a reason kids are meh about education. And that is because games speak to that core value of engaging them in something that is continuous. Hmm. And in education, we lose it. So that's why a big part of gamification as an idea in education, it's reinvesting those attributes back into the educational process so that um, you're using those facets of learning, of, of, of um, fun, of games, back into the process. Um, and that's why I suggest that um, role-playing should take a much larger you know, uh, seat at the table. Because role-playing paints the, the, the landscape for you to learn all these different things. Mm. Um, uh, engagement. I'm sorry. I just went off on a huge tangent. There. No, it was, uh, I think, look, it's a good tangent. I mean, role-play games do provide that wonderful story background. Like, one thing I've done with the nine-year-olds I have, if I, okay, mm -hmm. the way we're playing is on roll 20, you can click the word short sword and it'll roll all the dice for you and do all the math. I have taken this off them now. Because now it's like, okay, here's how you roll the dice. Now, you know, 
you need to add this number and this number, what does that equal in total? And it's right. tiny, but it's math. But if I went to them and said, hey, you, what's 17 plus 3 plus 2? They'd be like, what? I don't care. Yeah, exactly. 100%. You know, but, but now you're squishing a goblin. Oh, that's okay. You know, I'll tell you exactly what it is. I have my four-year-old right now, and you could try this with yours, rolling two D20s. Mm -hmm. And if he could recognize the numbers, see how often he is able to determine if one number is higher than the other. Um, so like, I'm doing this with my kid, and there's some failures, and there's some setbacks, but I like, I'm going to say that maybe 70% of the time he's figuring it out. You know, he's like, and, and as time goes on, he's learning it. Now, mm -hmm. The idea of greater or less than is that's not something that you hit until like first grade or so. But because we're using it as part of a game, all of a sudden this has become something that has become of interest yeah. to him. And, and if you t and and if you rewarded every like you know every ten correct guesses with like a cookie, he'd be. Well, I think actually the honest truth is, um, as far as I'm aware, the research suggests that physical rewards uh, are not as valuable to kids as uh, access is. Um, telling a kid you will get a cookie after a certain number of doing a thing will have less value to them than being able to say, you get to pick what we have for dessert. Whether you're Oof. having you're having dessert or not, you get to pick of these things what we're having for dessert. Like, these are your available options, but you get to choose that. That access, that control, that agency that you're providing them is much more uh, of a palatable reward to them than just being given the dessert. Um, mm. So hopefully, there's that's something that you can roll into the game uh i like one thing um we were doing uh sticker charts with my four-year-old right so every mm -hmm. time you do something you got a sticker you put it up it's okay he liked it but then all of a sudden he wants to use all the stickers he wants all the stickers now it's all it's all about the stickers he doesn't care about the actual edge you know he doesn't care about anything he just wants to have access to stickers and after realizing that he's not going to get the stickers all at once it's like, eh, I don't really care about the stickers anymore. So, um, so now we talk about uh, unlocking things. So if you do this, you get to unlock this character. And then I just print off like I printed off like uh, all the I printed off a couple of the heroes from Power Hours and say, if you get to do this, you get to unlock this character. I didn't even tell him what unlocking the character does for him. It doesn't do anything. I, I literally just hand him a piece of paper that has the character on it, mm. and it is now unlocked for him. But that matches what his experience is when he plays Angry Birds, and he's now unlocking a new bird or mm. something like that. And now all of a sudden, uh, he's re-engaged. Just, you know just, just, I mean? don't, just don't give him access to any like um, EA or 2K sports games. He'll be addicted now. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but hey... They discovered the thing that kids like and crave, uh, and it's not Brando. Uh, it's uh, messy. You know, yeah, it's <laughs> so it's. But you know, it's uh, 
I mean, just use that. Use that as a part of your game. Use that as a part of your your educational experience. Use that ex as a part of your experience with your kids. You know, um, there are things that you can do for your kids when gaming with them that isn't just giving them experience mm. points. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, no, I, I there are actions. There's actions that you can reward that they can do within game that you can vary that you can vary based off of um oftentimes the morality of the decisions that they make you know um uh so if you include options for that within your game now you're creating not only a more robust story but a more robust player um so. No, I think that's that's very cool. And um, now we've got time for one or two little things. Um, now you, <laughs> I believe, are bringing out a bundle. Yes, uh, we are calling it the uh, Shelter in Play bundle. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a. I'll read off some of the names here. I'm actually logged into Discord, so that makes it easy. Uh, da -da -da -da, there they are. Um, oh wow, okay, I just saw the new logo and they are awesome. I am going to have to let you know about those in a bit. Um, so uh, there's uh, contributors so far, there is me with mm -hmm. Power Outage, uh, there's uh, Georg Mir with um, Mitchton, and I hope I am not pronouncing names wrong, but that's I believe how he referred to his first name. Uh, sorry, their first name. Uh, I'm sorry, I should correct that. Um, Kevin Petker uh, is uh, releasing uh, Princess World mm -hmm. uh, in the, or sorry, it's the short story edition. Uh, Chris Sims is drew, is doing a preview of Dracula Lola. Um, Nick Landry uh, is doing uh, a preview of Space Kids. Uh, Mackenzie Darnes is doing two one-pagers. Uh, one of them is called Burb Brains, and the other one is How the Goose Stole Christmas. Uh, uh, Jump Rangers is uh, submitting, uh, is adding Jump Rangers, the game. Um, Coffee Snake Studios is uh, submitting Co Boldly Go. Uh, Parrish Danforth is submitting uh, Age of Exploration. Uh, Matt A, I don't know his last name, unfortunately, is doing Goons in Toyland, which is, sounds actually really cool. It's about like a, like a, I believe he suggested it's like a toy that protects his child. That sounds awesome. Um, Martin Lloyd uh, of Amazing Tales is actually going to, is joining us. Uh, so he's. Uh, He's, um, I think, platinum on drive-through right now. He's uh, got amazing tales that uh, he's going to contribute in some fashion. Uh, and actually, we just picked up uh, a guy I actually know in person. Uh, Ivan Kultman is actually giving us a steam is giving us steam keys for Sydney's World. Um, so we got twelve so far, and I've got about three or four more on the, on deck to make a decision. And I've not stopped, you know, reaching out to more game creators. Uh, so looking forward to that. The idea is that we make the bundle free, 
pay what you want. So on the free side, we're providing families with an option to play games with their kids during this quarantine uh, with a whole host of options. I mean, this is probably the, I want to say, potentially the largest collection of non you know non not one specific game creators specifically focused mm-hmm. on kids i mean like the fact that we have all these people in uh one room that have all created games for kids is actually really awesome uh really excited to be a part of it uh, and then the pay what you want side of that the proceeds will go to a charity we've been looking at a couple of different ones um, right now, we're exploring options. The one that we're considering is uh, Extra Life for Kids. Um, mm-hmm. We also considered uh, um, uh, Child's Play as an option, too. So I guess we have some further discussion on that. And I just commissioned Nick Foles to do the logo and he just sent one and i am in love with it uh, already but it's very easy for me to fall in love with some of the work that he's done he's done uh, a lot of the uh the kind of zanier uh villains in the out of the pan adventure um so it's it's really fun to see him at work excellent um look that's that's pretty well all we've got time for today i mean that that sounds like a very cool bundle and i've got a thing that i'm going to ask you about when we finish up this interview um in in the meantime look this is a really really tough time Mm -hmm. for everybody and what what are you doing to keep yourself sane and your children sane and and your wife sane um well my wife is doing a much better job at keeping me sane than I'm doing at keeping her sane. Uh, I'm doing, fr- from my end, I'm trying my best to, um, oh, well, one thing I did was I uh, recently set up a retro pie with about 1,000 to 2,000 different old ROMs so they're playing old Nintendo games and Mm. Super Nintendo games and things like that so they're playing around with that Um, um, I've been doing a lot of organizing of pictures and videos and old you know like home videos and stuff like that so like we're all we're exploring our history while at the same time I'm like cleaning things up so it's more accessible down the line so that's kind of fun uh and uh my kids are getting heavy into um learning how to do different things one of the things that they're learning is sewing they've already started sewing masks um to provide as uh you know for charities and such so um yeah there's a volunteermatch.org i believe in the states I, i don't know if they're worldwide but what they do is they match you up with, they, they give you all the different charities that are in your local area. And now they have a specific COVID specific, uh, you know, volunteer activities that you can do. A lot of them is about creating masks for um, people in like elderly facility homes, 
secretary, you know, uh, like, you know, these first responders. Uh, mm. um, yeah, so they're, they're creating masks for them. And they're, they're cloth masks, so they're not like the heavy-duty PPE stuff. Uh, but they say that at the end of the day, that will be better than nothing. Yeah, um, I, I read a study which suggests, well, sorry, I read about a study which suggested it could be up to up to 60% as effective as an N95 mask, which doesn't make you invincible, but, you know. Yeah, some protection better than others, nothing. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and what I did try to do is I bought some, uh, I'm still waiting on them to come in, I bought about a set of maybe 80 uh, carbon filters um that typically are for gas uh, for the dust masks but my kids have designed it or not designed they, they they use the design a pattern that they found online that allows you to incorporate that into the mask so you can just slide it in and use that as a part of it so it adds a little bit of additional benefit it's got like the carbon layers and stuff like that to help you know reduce cool. things even further that sounds really good so, yeah excellent well, look um we are going to leave it there beebs where can people find you and your work uh poweroutagegame.com uh that's the big one uh, I'm, I'm constantly working on trying to make that better uh and then if you search for me anywhere i am always b bars so b b a r c e anywhere you search that name it is likely b directly me so that'll probably lead you to one of the many things that i'm always working on or, or you'll find a man by the name of tony that's true. Yes. And if you do and find this man, if you find the elusive Tony that I apparently look like, uh, that uh, pervades my. Although you know I haven't been in the stores for a while, so maybe Tony is also gone in hiding. I, I just had uh, a thought. If Tony doesn't make the, through this, and and you do, and and you're at a store, and someone's like, "Oh my god," you, you could know, give someone what? the thrill of their life. I, but at what cost, Josh? At what Hilar cost? Oh, yeah. the, the world can't lose a Tony. New Jersey possibly can. There's quite a few Tonys in New Jersey, but nonetheless, every every Tony is a uh, is a valuable speck of starlight that we can't let twinkle out. Every tone is sacred. Every tone is great. If the Tony's wasted, God, God gets, gets quite, quite irate. irate. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched that in ages. Nice. I might have to. Everyone, um, thank you very much, uh, Beebs, for your time. Um, please go buy <laughs> his stuff, because he's great. Um, and everyone, thank you very much for this. Please go check out our actual play podcast stuff and more interesting hey, stuff to be mentioned. Hey, next time uh, we talk, why don't I ask you some of the questions? How, how many times are you answering questions on this thing? Very rarely. Not often. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I've been talking about myself this whole time. We need to ask you some questions. you got to get it behind the, the other side of the mic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Bye, everyone. See you, Josh.